Welcome to the Lord's Gym. This is UFC training. I'm going to teach you to be an ultimate fighting Catholic. This is MMA training. I'm going to make you part of Mother Mary's army. My name is Jesse Romero, one-man car. My partner, Terry's out doing some apostolic work. I'm reporting for duty. This is going to be High Information Catholic Radio. You're going to enjoy today's program. I'm going to do a deep dive in Halloween. And uh, But before I do, let me share with you some soul food, the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today's gospel, Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Jesus was teaching in a synagogue on the Sabbath. That's Saturday for the Jews. And a woman who was there for 18 years had been crippled by a spirit. This is called demonic oppression, physical attacks by a demon. So this woman had been attacked by a demon for 18 years. She was bent over, completely incapable of standing erect. When Jesus saw her, he called to her and said, Woman, you are set free of your, of your infirmity. Notice, the power of the spoken word. How do you fight against demons? It's right here. The power of the spoken word. We have, we have a benefit over or an advantage over animals. When an animal gets diabolically obsessed, an animal can't say nothing. An animal has no rational thought, no rational soul. The animal can't defend himself. He's just infested. And like those wild pigs, he's thrown over, uh, thrown over the uh, embankment into, into, the, uh, into the ocean to kill themselves. When a toy gets infested by a demon like Chucky's doll, that's based on a true story. Toys and dolls can get infested by demons. The doll doesn't have a soul. The toy doesn't have a soul. They, ha- they don't have an, an animate, uh, a rational soul. They can't speak the word of God. So uh, they just remain there infested by a demon like the Chucky doll. When a house gets infested by a demon, a house doesn't have rational thought, a rational soul, immortal soul. A house, a house can't speak the, the word of God. So a house just st- sits there and just is infested with demons until the city destroys it with a bulldozer. We have an advantage. We have human beings have a rational soul, rational thought. We have the power to imitate Christ and speaking the word of God, praying the word of God. That's how you drive out demons with the way Jesus did it today in today's gospel. It says, but the leader of the synagogue indignant that Jesus had cured on the Sabbath said to the crowd in reply, there are six days when work should be done. Come on those days to be cured, not on the Sabbath day. The Lord said to him in reply, hypocrites. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his ass from the remainder and lead it out for watering? This daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years now, ought she not to have been set free on the Sabbath day from this bondage? When he said this, all his adversaries were humiliated and the whole crowd rejoiced at at all the splendid deeds done by him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A couple of verses jump out at me. In verse number 11, where it, where it talks about that she had been crippled by this spirit, this spirit of infirmity. Again, there's a close link between demonic oppression and physical ailments, with the former being the unseen cause of the latter. Sometimes demons cause physical problems. This is the normative teaching of every exorcism in the Catholic Church. It's called oppression. Also, verse uh, 16 jumps out at me. Where it talks, where our Lord says that Satan had bound this woman. So, in other words, our Lord is telling the Pharisees, He's saying, if you hypocrites untie even your livestock on the Sabbath to feed them, 
they should be more willing, you Pharisees should be more, more, more willing to see a woman loose from her bondage to the devil on the Sabbath day, on the same day. As uh, the Catechism tells us in paragraph 342. After all, the Sabbath is for everyone, oxen, donkeys, and daughters of Israel, according to, according to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 14. But what the Pharisees misunderstood is that the Sabbath's most, most deepest significance as a day of rest and refreshment makes it the most appropriate day for Jesus to relieve burdens from the oppressed and to bring healing from demons. They just couldn't fathom that thought. Also, today's, today's psalm, I love today's psalm, Psalm 1. Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. Whatever he does prospered, prospers. Not so the wicked, not so. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Lord, your word is truth. Consecrate us in truth, O Lord. Uh, do you know any wicked people? Yep. If you're one of those, go to confession and become a just person, become a righteous person. Leave the camp of wickedness. The wicked people, like it says, the Bible says, don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. And it says that the way of the wicked is going to vanish away. Yeah, at the particular judgment. At their exit interview, they're going to have a real, real surprise. I like today's first reading as well. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 to 5, uh, verse 32 to, uh, to uh, chapter 5, verse 8. It says, brothers and sisters, be kind to one another. Ah, the hidden power of kindness. <laughs> Compassionate, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you in Christ. Be imitators of God. Okay, I'm going to just make my own comment. Don't be imitators of an actor, actress, entertainer athlete, sports hero, be an imitator of God. The Bible says, as beloved children and in love and live in love as Christ loved us and handed himself over for us as a sacrificial offering to God the Father for a gravent, for a fragrant aroma. That was at Calvary on the cross, by the way. St. Paul says, immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be mentioned among you as is fitting among the holy ones. No obscenity or silly or suggestive talk which is out of place, but instead, thanksgiving. So notice St. Paul says, we can't even talk about immoral things or impure things as Christians. And yet, this is, this is front and center right now. Heck, it, it's, it's front and center even um, over in the Synod of Synodality. They're talking about uh, LGBT and transgender issues, uh, homosexuality. St. Paul says, these things should not even be talked about as Christians and here we're talking about blessing homosexual unions in Germany and Belgium. Buenos Aires bishops talking about um, granting people a second marriage or holy communion, excuse me, uh, when they haven't received an annulment and they're still married and living in fornication or, an adulterous, or in an adulterous relationship in a second union. St. Paul says we shouldn't even talk about these things. The Bible goes on to say, be sure of this that no immoral or greedy or impure person that is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. That's an important verse. Sometimes Protestants say, oh, you Catholics have statues. And I tell them, show me one verse in the New Testament, because we're New Testament Christians. We're, we're, the, we're the new Israel of God. The New Testament doesn't correlate idolatry with, with a, the making of a statue. 
The New Testament correlates idolatry with sexual impurity and love for money. Guess what? That's America. And that's most Americans. Most Americans are idolaters. They're in love with their money more than God. And uh, their bedroom practices, uh, let's just say they are sexually impure. St. Paul says, anybody who practices these things shall not inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. He says, let no one deceive you with empty arguments. Wow, when I think about that, I think about modernist liberals, uh, Democrats, and James Martin. It says, for, become, for because of these things, the wrath of God, that's the anger, is coming upon the disobedient. It's coming. It's, I'm telling you, global warming is coming. Family of God, it's coming. Global warming is called the second coming of Christ. St. Paul says, so do not be associated with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Today is the feast day of St. Anthony Mary Claret. Pray for us. Anthony Mary Claret was born in Spain to poor parents. He preached in his native Catalonia, founding the missionary sons of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Claretians, to further the spread of the gospel. And in 1850, he was appointed Archbishop of Santiago, Cuba, where in six years he enacted wide-ranging reforms amid hard opposition. A knife attack on his life left him severely scarred, yet he forgave his attacker and worked to have the man's sentence remitted. He was recalled to Spain by Queen Isabella II, he followed her into exile, summarizing his life. St. Anthony Mary Claret, founder of the Claritians, said the following, quote, I have fulfilled my mission. I have preached the gospel. I have kept holy poverty. St. Anthony Mary Claret, pray for us. He's one of those chosen people that God chose to proclaim the mighty works of him who called you out of darkness and into, the, into his wonderful light. You, by baptism, have also been called out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You also have been called to proclaim the mighty works of God within the sphere of your influence. I just want to offer a prayer before we go start talking about Halloween. O God, who for the evangelization of peoples, strengthen the Bishop St. Anthony Mary Claret with admirable charity and long-suffering. Grant that through his intercession, that seeking the things that are yours, we may earnestly devote ourselves to winning our brothers and sisters for Christ who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. So we're going to be talking about Halloween. Is it a holy evening? Or uh, in many cases, have they turned it into hell? H-E-L-L, Oween. I'm going to share with you something interesting. I'm going to share with you what uh, some of the popes and bishops in recent times have said about Halloween, the way it's it, the way it's turned, what it's turned into. Also, I'm going to share with you what some exorcists have said about Halloween as well. I'll give you a little overview of Halloween myself. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Halloween, is it holy? Or is it or is it a hellish evening? Well, it depends how you celebrate it. We'll be right back. Stick around. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. I know it's a few days early, but it's worth talking about because Halloween 
at the end of the week, it seems to pose a certain, it poses a serious concern to Catholic families nowadays. Why? Well, besides various occult inspirations as a result of the media and the internet, many Catholics, let's just be honest, they're uneasy with Halloween's exaggerated glorification of ugliness and violence. Also, distressing are the prevalent trends of darkness, death, demons, vulgarity, and violence. Now, I'm not going to go delve into the history of this strange American holiday or get into the debate whether to participate in it or not. I'm going to tell you what I do. Because a quick search of these topics on the internet will provide you with a lot of reading on the pagan and the, and the Christian underpinnings of Halloween. What I want to talk about, I want to look at what Halloween has become today in modern America and how it's now, it's a harbinger. It, it's another sign of the times. Halloween, in fact, is no longer restricted to October 31st. It's become a part of the cultural zeitgeist of American live, daily living. You have a lot of houses in the neighborhoods that have vampires and zombies and, you know, witches and spiders and spider webs and uh, tombstones. All these occult images are woven continuously into the images in music, entertainment, education, banks, supermarkets, where, you know, you and your fellow, our fellow Americans, where we uh, go and shop and do business all the time, even in your neighborhoods. But more than that, and most alarming are the barrage of headlines emerging of mass murders, shootings, butcherings, cannibalism, matricide, torture, riots, open looting, and other violent crimes that have become the new normal in America. So what am I saying? I'm saying that Halloween is being lived out in the culture and around the world, also by the wars we incite. What's strange is many people seem to believe in ghosts, but not the devil, whom our Lord Jesus Christ called a murderer from the very beginning. Number one, and that's what's so disturbing. While violent crime is, is rising in America, as its governments continues many governments continue to put weapons into the hands of drug cartels and terrorists. As citizens continue to arm themselves in, in record numbers, as, uh, <clears throat> as Homeland Security continues to prepare for domestic chaos and martial law, the populace continues to spend billions of dollars and millions of hours lapping up aggressive and violent video games, movies, and television People no longer recognize evil when they see it. As America goes, so goes the rest of the world. Even in in, in countries where Catholicism is bursting at the seams, like Mexico, Venezuela, Cuba, India, and parts of Africa, you have all this sectarian violence that continues to destabilize these regions. Pope Benedict XVI gave a homily back in 2012 where he said, We witness daily events where people appear to be growing more aggressive and belligerent. Let me share with you what some of the popes and bishops have said about October 31st, Halloween. The way it's practiced right now with all the pagan trappings. Okay? So this comes from, and then I'll, if I have time, I may may even quote you some former Satanist. I think I will have time. <clears throat> pope Benedict the 16th the most educated pope we've ever had 
sitting in the Sea of Peter, four earned PhDs. Here's what he said back in 2009. He says, Halloween is dangerous, and he slams it as an anti-Christian festival. This is back in 2009. The under, under Pope Benedict XVI, the Vatican attempted to put a break on the, on the growing popularity of Halloween, branding it anti-Christian and dangerous. And the condemnation of Halloween by Pope Benedict XVI follows criticism from Catholic bishops who also urged parents not to let their children dress up as ghosts and goblins. The Vatican spoke out on the eve of, of uh, October 30th. This is October 30th, 2009, which falls before the significant Catholic Holy Day of All Saints. Pope Benedict XVI slammed Halloween as dangerous. He said Halloween, which is, he said, Halloween is largely a secular celebration which has its origins in an ancient festival marking the start of the darker half of the year. And let's take a look at another prelate. Vatican exorcist, Father Aldo Bonuato. Father Aldo Bonuato. He's the Vatican exorcist. Article here says, Vatican exorcist is blaming Halloween for a spike in demonic possessions around the world. Father Aldo Bonato, exorcist, told the British publication that his organization's emergency numbers receives hundreds of calls on, on October 31st, up from an average of 40 per day, due to concerns about increased occult activity. Many say Halloween is a simple carnival, but in fact, there is nothing innocent or fun about it, he said. There are always more, more rituals, animal sacrifices, desecrations of cemeteries, and thefts of sacred bones. From here, the door to the devil can be opened. Father Aldo Bonato, uh, an exorcist in Rome, he's also the head of the Catholic Church's anti-occult, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, anti-occult unit. He also warned parents of the dangers to children and said the events, that the Halloween event promotes the culture of death. He added, Halloween pushes new generations towards the mentality of esoteric magic and it attacks sacred and spiritual values from a devious initiation to the art and the images of the occult. At best, it gives a big helping hand to consumerism and materialism. Also, Father Walter Cassioli, he's another exorcist. And in fact, he's a spokesman for the Association of, Inter- of International Exorcists. On Vatican Radio, he said the following, quote, he said, <clears throat> as a result of Halloween, there has been a steady increase in possessions. He says the Catholic Church in Italy wants to replace the night of costumes and trick-or-treating with a positive event called Holy Ween. He said, while most people are steeped in zombies and horror, we put on our door or windows a light or an image evocative of the saints. Father Walter Cassioli also says, also, there should be more masses, prayer vigils, and worship to celebrate the saints and victory of good over evil. Father Gabriel Amorth, rest in peace, passed away in 2016. He was also an exorcist in Rome for uh, 29 years. 
He said, celebrating Halloween is like celebrating the devil. Close quote. That was Father Gabriel Amorth. <clears throat> the world's most well-known exorcist of our time, he's, he condemned the celebration of Halloween and warned of a danger to young people because of the increase in occult activity, which fuels insomnia, mental illness, depression, suicidal thoughts in children. Psychiatric and psychological studies show that children can't sleep, are agitated, obsessed, and suicidal, he said. Halloween, Father Amor said, is really a spiritual gathering presented as a form of a game. And that is the equivalent of singing hosannas to the devil. Wow, powerful statement by Father Gabriel Amorth. He said, we should understand that a Pope, 843 years after Christ, Pope Gregory IV, moved the Feast of All Saints, which at that time was on May 13th to November 1st, in order to stop this evil tradition of Halloween, which had arrived from Ireland of adoring the world of the dead. And adoring the God of the dead called Samhain. So these are some very strong voices, by the way, that are making these statements. This isn't me. These are some strong prelates in the church that have juridical authority. Also, Vatican liturgical expert, expert on the Holy Mass, Father Joan Maria Canals. There's also an article where he says. The Dangerous Messages of Halloween. This is from the Vatican official newspaper quoting the liturgical expert Father Joan Maria Canals. He said the following, Halloween has an undercurrent of occultism and is absolutely anti-Christian. Father Joan Maria Canals, liturgical expert in the Vatican says, here just parents to be aware of this and try to, and try to direct the meaning of the feast towards the wholesome and beauty rather than terror, fear, and death. L'Osservatore Romano, the Vatican's, Vatican's official newspaper, praised a church at Alcala in Spain, which had decided to hold a prayer vigil on Saturday night, and the Paris Archdiocese, they were also praised for having children play a game called Lucky, Lucky Dip Dubbed Holy Winds instead. So a lot of Catholic parishes are having uh, Halloween at the parish. They call it Trunk or Treat. Uh, another Catholic group, the Influential Association of Pope John XXIII, joined the condemnation, calling it a great satanic ritual. The uh, the Influential Association of Pope John Paul Pope John XXIII group, they said we appeal to the whole Catholic community not to promote this recourse to the, the macabre and the horrific. All parents and all those that hold the values of life dear should know that Halloween is an adoration of Satan which is carried out underhand through parties and games for children and adults. The Catholic Church in Italy has taken a dim view of Halloween celebration for years. But the church uses even harsher arguments to prevent Halloween from being celebrated. Thus, the Catholic hierarchy does not hesitate to affirm that Halloween is not an innocent party because it's the night of the New Year's Eve for sorcerers. Doreen Irving a former witch 
and later converted to Christianity, alerted parents about about this holiday, where even child sacrifices were part of the ritual festival. We also have Archbishop Cardinal Norberto Rivera, exorcist from Mexico. He says the following, If we seek to be faithful Catholics and to the values of the gospel, we must conclude that Halloween has nothing to do with the celebration that gave it birth. On the contrary, Halloween is harmful and contrary to the faith and to the Christian life. There you go. My name is Jess Romero. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. I'm just quoting to you what some exorcist, bishops, and high-profile priests have said about Halloween. Up next, I'm going to quote to you with Father Antonio Fortea. The exorcist of Spain says about Halloween. Then I'll give you an overview of what some former Satanists have said about Halloween. Yeah, former Satanists. We'll be right back. Stick around. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. So what do some bishops, even a pope, Pope Benedict XVI, and exorcists have to say about Halloween? Father Jose Antonio Fortea, he's the exorcist for Spain. Here's what he says. The celebration of Halloween one century ago was very naive. It was a question of costumes, some candles, something very familiar and little communities that wanted children to enjoy a very healthy way. Unfortunately, in the last 15 to 20 years, this celebration has become more and more esoteric and more oriented towards the occult. Costumes are very bloody. Something that is disgusting is not beautiful for children to have a fun time. It's something horrible and in, and in very bad taste to see children in that way. Close quote. He also says there are two. He also says the problem of Halloween, Father Fortea says, is that it can spread an interest for the occult world, for the witches and things like that. If parents try to claim Halloween to be just a party for kids and to claim it from the world of the occult and and the interest in witches and the cruel and horrible costumes, I think it could be done. The problem is, if children or teenagers become too interested in Ouija boards, spells, or things like that, in that moment, when you call those things, they may come to you and may be around you. To become possessed is not so easy Some people think that if you call a demon, you can become possessed in that second. That's rare. What is more common is to feel a presence in that moment with the people around the table. And sometimes that presence is around a person of the group for a week or two weeks. They call those clinging spirits. And so, let me go into what some former Satanists have said about Halloween. These are former Satanists. Uh, w- one former Satanist <clears throat> is by the name of David Arias. He's a former Satanist. He joined the, the, the Church of Satan at 18. He, he was a member of a Satanic Society. He was baptized in a Satanic Society. 
He participated in bloodbaths, he says as well. He learned to do rituals and curses. Uh, He participated in animal sacrifices. He says he participated in human sacrifices. Here's what he says uh, about Halloween. I asked him about it. He said, little by little, as I advanced in the satanic ranks, I was discovering deeper things such as the consecration, the consecration of actors, actresses, entertainers, film directors, and other companies that were consecrated to Satan in exchange for fame, money, and pleasure. David Arias also says, I also learned that Halloween is the most important holiday in the satanic calendar. That is the day where the greatest and most horrible sacrifices to Satan occur. And so David Arias says, do not be part of the Halloween festivities. Do not fall for the lie of a costume party. Remember what the scripture says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, that there are false prophets who dress like sheep, but inside they are wolves in disguise. Remember, Satan is the father of lies, and he only, he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy do not fall into his traps. That's David Arias. He's a former Satanist, and he's now a Roman Catholic Christian. Here's another former Satanist. He's, a now, he's, a, he's now an evangelical Christian. His name is John Ramirez. Ex, uh, Ex-Satanist John Ramirez, he says, I was trained with high-ranked devils. John Ramirez, ex-Satanist, warns everyone to stay out of Halloween. In the USA, American kids would spend a record of $10 billion on Halloween 2021 and more than $180 million, primarily kids, participate in the pagan tradition. Halloween costumes honor demons. When you wear a Halloween costume, you tell demons that your identity belongs to Sam Hain, the ruler of the dead or the lord of the dead. In contrast... A Christian's identity belongs to Christ. The pagan deity, Samhain, honors the dead. They believe some are resurrected while others are reincarnated. And the reason for the offering for the for the offering harvest for the dead, witches and warlocks come out on Halloween. During that night, Satanists and occultists summon spirit guides to help them hone their magic powers. Others meet in covens and chant curses on people in areas within their territory. When John Ramirez was still a a warlock, he celebrated Halloween with people and literal demons alike. John Ramirez prayed to the devil and offered animal sacrifices in return for favors, saying trick or treat, which mimics... The pagans who give gifts to the Lord of the dead, his name is Sam Hain. By, by the way, on that website where it says uh, John Ramirez, former Satanist, warns Christians don't celebrate Halloween, there's a picture of all these kids in the Philippines and they're dressed like zombies. These, these, it's horrible. To, and their parents are all around them. These, these I mean, low information, simple Filipino kids dressed in gory blood and death costumes. It's apparently a Halloween competition in the Philippines. Parents think it's fun and unknowingly they're dedicating their kids to the Celtic God of death. Now imagine 
if this gory detail turned real. There's also another former Satanist, Deborah Lipsky. I've interviewed her as well, as well as David Arias. <clears throat> David, uh, Deborah Lipsky, she's a former Satanist and rec- she recounts the return of the Catholic faith and she pr- provides some timely advice about dealing with Halloween. This was an article that you can find in the National Catholic Register, along with Davis Arias's article. This one is a former Satanist recounts her return to the church and provides some timely advice about dealing with Halloween. So Deborah Lipsky's asked, is it true that Halloween is a prime day for Satanist? She says, yes. It's a high holy day, so to speak, because it's a mockery of All Saints Day on, on November 1st. Anything the Catholic Church celebrated, we Satanists would mock. And this is one outstanding example of that. Instead of asking for the intercession of the saints, we would call upon demons and the damned to grant us all our earthly desires and harass those who had offended us in any way. So Deborah's asked, do you think it's okay for Christians to participate in Halloween activities? She says, some people think as long as your children dresses up your children dress up as baseball players and angels, it's perfectly fine for them to go trick-or-treating. I disagree because Halloween is predicated upon mocking God and his saints. Even if you have an innocent outfit on, almost everything else around you is not innocent. You're exposed to so much, so much negativity and even downright demonic activity that it's just not worth the little reward you can get in candy. A much better thing to do is to ignore Halloween altogether and concentrate on All Saints Day instead. Engage in Christian activities. Pray the rosary as a family. Read the lives of the saints. Have your house blessed or enthroned to the sacred heart of Jesus. These are just a few of the countless ways to teach your children about the Christian faith in word and deed. If more Christians would actually live as Christians, Halloween wouldn't even be a bleep on the radar screen. We would be we would be so happily immersed in God's grace that it wouldn't so much enter our minds to pursue such deviant deviant worldly things. Yet we've abandoned the faith in so many ways and that leaves a vacuum. A vacuum that will be filled by Halloween and the occult, and the kingdom of darkness. So, <clears throat> realistically, there's no, there's no agreement amongst Catholics about the issue of Halloween. But here are three schools of thought. Here's three schools of thought. Some Catholics, liberal, modernist Catholics, say, hey, there's no problem. Indulge yourself. Dress like a man- monster. Dress like a serial killer. Dress your wife and your daughters like Playboy bunnies. Nah, not a problem. Go ahead. Embrace the secular culture of death with all its profanity and vulgarity of this day. You know, we're just having a little bit of fun. Just a little bit of fun. Get over it. The second view of Catholics would be on the up- opposite end of the spectrum. They'll say, oh, no. Oh, no. This... This whole day's demonic. Turn off the porch lights. Don't pass out. Don't, don't pass out candy. Anybody who participates in this American holiday is going to hell. That's the second view. 
Then the third view is transforming the day by baptizing it with our Catholic faith. You know, Catholics... One of the things about Halloween, the only aspect of a Halloween that I think is positive is that there's this focus on death. That's a good time for us as Catholics to start conversing with people about death, about the last four things. This way, it's a good way to discuss with, with Halloween and its focus on the darkness and the macabre and death and demons. It's a good time to discuss and catechize friends and relatives about the four last things that all of us are going to experience, which is death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And remember, Catholics don't run away from death. We embrace death. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory over me, says Saint King David and St. Paul. Even in the Middle Ages, remember, in medieval Catholic churches outside the perimeter of the roof, to remind people of the reality of demons, they used to put gargoyle statues. They were used in many medieval churches to remind people of the reality of demons in the world outside of the church. Also, many medieval saints preached during the season of Lent with a human skull on the pulpit or the sign that said, Memento Mori, remember you must die. We'll be right back talking about all things Halloween. Jess Romero. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. At the end of the week, around the country, around the world, people are going to celebrate. It's an American holiday. Really, it comes from Ireland, from pagan Ireland, pre-Christian Ireland. It's called Halloween. And there's not... uh, A lot of Catholics, again, debate on... Uh, how we should comport, how we should react to this day, and so uh, I'm giving you the three days, that, the, the three ways that typically Catholics react. Number one, they indulge themselves in that day like pagans. Number two, they they just uh, completely go into a cave that day, turn off the porch lights, don't pass out candy. The third way is to baptize it with our Catholic faith. I think this is the best way to do it. Why do I say that? When Jesus would see a possessed person, which is worse than a monster. Jesus didn't run away, or neither neither the apostles. They confronted them with faith, and Jesus confronted them with prayer. And so this is the way we should confront this day that's turned into a a completely pagan Holloway. Remember that that, uh, October 31st is Halloween, but as Catholics, November 1st is All Saints Day, and November 2nd is All Souls Day. So tell people the reason you have Halloween, Halloween basically means... Holy evening, the holy evening before All Saints Day, the holy evening before All Souls Day. We have to admit, though, that there's many elements of Halloween that have branched into unholy and unhealthy practices, but its roots are firmly planted in sacred ground, at least from from the 8th century to the present moment, because both the feast and the vigil of All Saints Day have been observed since the early 8th century, instituted by Pope Gregory III and Pope Gregory IV, which they apply to the entire Catholic Church. So families of faith, 
They frequently attempt to awaken the sacred origin by teaching their children to pray for the holy souls in purgatory and to invoke the assistance of the holy saints in heaven on, on those days, especially. And these activities, they're praiseworthy because they encourage a traditional awareness and attitude by turning the minds and hearts of children towards eternal things. Moreover, as a compromise with the cultural demands of celebrating Halloween in America, which has become an American iconic holiday and a billion-dollar industry, Catholics have instituted All Saints Day costume parties and, and have become quite fashionable if not the only respectable thing to do on October 31st. Remember, October 31st also, for a lot of Reformation Protestants, this is a big day for them because this is when Martin Luther split from the Catholic Church. So some Reformation Protestant churches, for them, Halloween is a, is a huge day because that's when they left the Catholic Church officially. Luther did, October 31st. They call it, you know, I think they call it Reformation Sunday or something like that. Yeah, Reformation Sunday. But let me give you an example of something that would kind of maybe it would shock your neighbors or your friends. Let's say you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, my kid goes to Catholic school. I'm going to dress him as a Catholic saint. I'm going to dress him as St. Dennis. This would shock kids in the Catholic school. Who was St. Dennis? Well, St. Dennis, he was a, he lived in 250 AD. He was uh, martyred by Emperor Decian's persecution of Christians. So he lived in the third century. He was a bishop of Paris. And he was a he was an itiner itinerant preacher of the gospel. He was beheaded, and according to the tradition, he walked 10 kilometers with his head cut off in his hands. And he preached his head, preached the entire time that he walked as his head was in his arms. He was headless. He walked for 10 kilometers. The site where this bishop, this martyred bishop, finally stopped preaching and actually died. That was marked by a small shrine that developed into the St. Dennis Basilica, which became the burial place for the kings of France. St. Dennis, pray for us. I don't know. That would be kind of a a cool way to send your kid to, to a Catholic school uh a saint costume party as saint dennis what do you think well let me make once again the catholic connection to halloween the liturgical celebration of all saints day and all souls day flows from halloween which means the holy evening before all saints day and all souls day it's in this time of gathering of the harvest the church places halloween in the drama of human salvation Halloween offers a fitting occasion for the, for the beginning of the church militant's liturgy of the faithful departed, representing man's mortality and his longing for eternal life. The end of the church's liturgical calendar ends with the celebration of Christ the King, which will bring the end of the world and usher in Judgment Day. So the implication of Halloween is that death precedes the possibility of saintly glory and the redemptive suffering of purgatory. In this way, costumes of, of, of Halloween ghouls can recall the darkness of sin and damnation. But can Halloween be used as a tool to evangelize? Absolutely. Here's what I do every Halloween. I go to Holy Mass that morning, pray my daily protocol of prayers, which includes the Holy Rosary, 
the Divine Mercy, the 12 Noon Angelus. And then I pray a prayer of protection over myself and my, and my property, such as Psalm 91. Like right around 4 or 5 o'clock before the goblins start coming to my door. I grab my Bible, make the sign of the cross, I pray Psalm 91 over my house and my property. And I, I basically say, I claim Psalm 91 protection over my family and property as head of the house. Then I pray Psalm 91, which is the oldest exorcism prayer in the Bible, in the, in the church, period. Also, with a crucifix, a crucifix around my neck, a St. Benedict's medal around my neck, big one, and in my hand, I sprinkle holy water around the house. And uh, I simply say a simple, a simple exorcism prayer that's, uh, that, was, that was written by, uh, uh, it's a prayer of St. Anthony of Padua. About a thousand years ago. Simple prayer. It's in my Lord Prepare My Hands for Battle prayer book. But the, the prayer goes like this. I walk around the house, the property, with holy water. And I say, and I have a crucifix around my neck. I say, behold the cross of the Lord. Be gone all you evil spirits. The line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered. Alleluia, alleluia. I go around the, the, the whole house and I just do it. So it'll take me about, you know, I, I'll, I'll say it about 10 times as I'm sprinkling holy water around the property. That way I seal the perimeter of my property with angels. Finally, when the ghouls and goblins come to my house and they come to my door, I greet them. I always wear a big Jesus is Lord baseball cap. I also have my St. Benedict's crucifix and miraculous medal outside of my shirt or t-shirt. And I say to each one of the ghouls and goblins, I say, God bless you or Jesus loves you. And I give them a handful of good candy. And then I stick a prayer card in their bags as well. That way I have a reputation. People say, hey, if you go to that house, that house that has a statue of Jesus and Mary right there, they give you good candy. And in my hand, as I have a handful of good candy, I also have a saint, a divine mercy prayer card. They're very small. And I have it in my hand and I slip it into the bag along with the candy. So this is the way we baptize Halloween. We can baptize it. The baptism of pagan or even neutral festivals is a duty of Christian culture to orient the objectives and perspectives of problematic social events towards the Catholic faith and claim another salvation for Christ on earth. And since the festivities of Halloween are so established, it behooves Catholics to defend our children and, and, and their faith from corruption by replacing freakish practices and styles of dress with the flair of the spiritual. So, what if you choose to take your kids out, out uh, to, to, to trick-or-treat? Here's what I would do. Before you all step out, mom and dad, before you take them out, and you're dressing them with something virtuous, pray an Our Father, three Hail Marys, a St. Michael the Archangel prayer, and a Glory Be, as a family, in the, right there in the living room before you walk out. And the father must lead this. The father must lead the prayers or the grandfather. There's no father there. Or no father, grandfather, then mom leads the prayers. Then the father, grandfather, or mom, if there's no, if there's no father there, should raise their right hand and pray over their children. May God bless us and protect us this night in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very simple prayer. Raise your right hand over your kids and say, may God protect us and protect us this night. May God bless us, excuse me. May God bless us and protect us this night in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Simple. I'll say it one more time. Raise your right hand over your kids, mom and dad. May God bless us and protect us all this night in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
and make the sign of the cross over your kids and over your wife. Make sure that you know and watch closely every house your kids go to and make sure all of you are wearing sacramentals around your neck. It would also be a good idea to be praying the rosary mentally, mom and dad, as you walk the neighborhood trick-or-treating with your children. If you see a haunted house, uh, if, you, if you see a house dressed or decorated like a haunted house or graveyard with skeletons and skulls, I would pass up that house and I would not go get candy there. I, I just wouldn't do it. A safe place to go is your, parish's, is your parish's Halloween event for children where they give out candy and gory, ugly, nasty, macabre costumes are not allowed. So, that's my take. My name is Jess Romero. And uh, again, this is, the, this is the way for us to... You know, years ago when I lived in California, seven years ago, for many years, I, I lived in a, on a hill in Silmar, on a, on a white house. And uh, it, was a, it was a beautiful white home in the hills in Silmar. And for a couple of years, I took, I took the hard line approach, turned off the lights, clo- locked the gates, and I said, I'm not going to give candy out. This is a pagan holiday, and I'm not going to participate in these pagan practices. Well, guess what? A lot of these kids started throwing eggs, and uh, they started throwing fruit and uh, food at my house, at the windows, at the doors. The next morning, I woke up, and my house was pelted with eggs and, 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 and oranges and, and other fruit. They had basically thrown... Uh, you know, vandalized my house because I, it was dark and I guess I was considered a Scrooge for not giving candy. So I did that about two or three years, but it got tired taking out a bucket and a brush and cleaning the walls of my front yard and the windows and my door. And some of those egg stains are permanent. So I said, okay, this isn't working. I'm not going to take the hard line approach. I'm going to turn on the lights. I'm going to give out candy, uh, but I'm going to evangelize everybody that comes to my door. So I placed two big old statues of Jesus and Mary on both sides of the door. I've done the same thing in Arizona. Both sides of the door, big old statue of Jesus and Mary. When you come to my house, you kind of know what you're going to get. Hey, that's a wrap. Terry and Jesse show. Uh, remember, family, October's the month, which the Catholic Church dedicates to the Holy Rosary. We'll see you tomorrow. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God love you. Keep the faith. And remember, St. Father Pio says, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayers. As for the Terry and Jesse show, we'll keep firing missiles of truth against the wall of lies. See you next time.